Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is For Fox's Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake, episode 46. My name is Pete Selby and alongside me it's Mr Rob Hayes. Hello Pete, how are we? I am fine, I'm alright. How are you? I'm alright, thanks. First win on the board. Happy days. Yes. Settles us down. Three points in the bag, as they say. Ka-ching. Boom. It's easy, isn't it? Easy. 2-1. In the rain. Nice yeah. and wet. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people went for, you know, three nils and four nils. It could well have been four or five. If if the penalty goes in, it could be four or five. Shall we start there then? We've got bullet-pointed talking points for today because we wanted to make sure that we covered everything because even though there's only been one game since our last podcast, there's a lot to talk about. So should Mares still be taking penalties? That was He had a plenty of direction but not enough power. Yeah, um, the answer for me is no, and I think for most people it's no. He has taken a lot of penalties, and he scored a few, but he has missed a few as well. I think it's just the way he he takes a penalty if the goalkeeper, and I must admit, um, Fabianski is a good goalkeeper, and he's especially good on penalties. And that that was a decent save, to be fair, because it was along the ground. It wasn't the worst penalty in the world, um, but I think for now he needs to be taken off uh, penalties. And also... Who takes them then? Yeah, Vardy. Vardy. Vardy must. Um, For me... um, there's, there's been a bit of chat about, obviously, Mares now he's signed the contracts, etc., etc. Just just about him in that game, I don't think he played badly at all. Um, but I think there's just a bit of chat about whether he's he's playing well and with his hearts. This is the PFA player. Yeah, he's he'll be fine. He'll be up. He's just slightly short of confidence, but he still had a decent game because it, he will drift past players. But we think that we just take that for granted now. It's not one of his best games, but he still played okay. He still played fine. Um, yes, Mr. Penalty. It's a shame because obviously score that bit more confidence, and also with three 0 up with twenty minutes to go, and it could be anything. It's job done then, and it's wrapped yeah. up. It's the, it's a nice cushion because at two nil, the, the, you always want to make sure that yours is the next goal. Yes, because anything can happen. They could score a goal with ten minutes to go, which they did, and then it could be a bit nervy, which it was in places, and not through really our fault. It was through the good and direct play of Swansea. Um, basically launching the balls in the area because the ball would just not roll on the surface. Moose at the end had a um, had a one on one, but the ball was just stopping, so he just had to hit it. He couldn't go round the goalie or whatever. He just had to hit it towards the goal, and there was no power because of the fact that the absolute biblical rain that way. I mean, end of the day, if that game started an hour later, there would have been a lot of issues there. Because it would have had to have been called off, surely. It, well, I don't know about called off, but the. Um, the fact that there was so much standing water with five minutes to go, just play the game. Do you know what I mean? Let's just get to the end. Yeah. Um, but if that's at half time or in the first half, the fact that the the rain did then stop as soon as the game finished, the rain stopped. Um, I think they would have had to have gone off for a period of time and delayed it and, and delayed some it. holes in the pitch. Yeah, and then it would have been fine. It would you know give it another twenty minutes and the and the water would have drained away. But uh, it was unbelievable. I mean, with lightning strikes, the lights went out slightly. Um, so everyone got the phones out and started to wave. But um, 
yeah, let's just start from the beginning. Leicester and the lineup with Armati in midfield. Um, and it, it, they played well against the Swansea team, who um, they're going to be slightly short this year, I think. You know what I mean? They're, they're not quite. They've not got a lot of depth there, have they? No, they're not quite a Swansea of old. They've got some good players. Lorente up front will score goals. Sigurdsson didn't have his best game for Swansea, but he's a decent player. But they're missing their captain now, although we put him in our worst 11 last season for yeah. that one horrific performance of the King Power. He's a. A leader, and he's he's almost like there. Where's Morgan, wasn't he? Yes, and um, it was it was a game of a few chances, but when I mean the breakthrough for City, it's not just the pass from Drinkwater, but Armati leaning on the player, getting the ball, working the space, and then Drinkwater seeing the pass, side footy ball, which I think match of the day and a few programs have really cottoned on to the fact that it's just not a, a big punt up front. Oh no, it's perfectly measured. It's unbelievable. The weight of the ball is perfect. Vardy, and he scored it like a striker in top form. You know, it's not like he's not scored for a few games. It was a brilliant finish. And um, and there we are, 1-0 up. Typical Leicester goal. Typical Leicester goal. But we don't mind them kind of goals, do we? Not at all. And and the second goal, Morgan, obviously a bit scrappy, but he reacted first. 2-0 up, cruising. Um, with the penalty, it would have been three, and then it could have been anything. But uh, never mind, they scored a good header um, past Zeela from, what was it, uh, Leroy Fur, And... It was really tight at the end. Obviously, the conditions didn't help, but that affected both teams. Um, the one thing I'll say, and I did say it uh, last week, the defence. Morgan, superb, absolutely brilliant. Huth mopped up everything in the air. Um, Fuchs, I thought, had a brilliant game. I thought he was slightly, slightly off against Arsenal in a weird way, but um, he, he was he was brilliant in his defensive work. Been linked with Liverpool, Fuchs. Has he? Apparently so. He's going to America next year, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, because his his family live in America. And I think he's going to play for Leicester for another year or so. And I wouldn't be surprised at the end of this year he might go there. Um, whether that's got something to do with the Chilwell deal, whether that's been like, look, you know, Fuchs is going to go at the end of the year, so you'll be our stay with us. You'll, yeah, you'll yeah. get you'll get the cup games. You'll and... be the first choice fullback next season, maybe that. But um, Danny Simpson, Danny Simpson, if one player in that team that won the league last year, you thought, hang on, that might be a change or. Yeah, we said, we even on? said it, didn't we? We need yeah. a, we need a new right back of of is there is, quality. Is there room for him to progress or whatever? He's been fantastic, and there was a couple of uh, interceptions and uh, defensive plays by him which saved the points. Really, there was one right at the end where the ball came in from the right, in between the defence and the goalkeeper, and Lorente is behind him, so he's got. One thing to do, and that's he's got to swing his right boot at it and knock it out for a corner. Now, there is a massive chance that's going to go in the back of the net. So there's a potential own goal, and you've just cost the team three points. If you decide not to take any, not to take any action, Lorente's going to score. Or, if you do, you might yeah cost your, cost your team three points. There is the possibility, though, that you might get a good connection on and it goes out for a corner, and he did that. Mm. So it's not like he, he, he shrinks away from... The responsibility, I think we mentioned that about uh, Wes Morgan last week, um, stepping out of defence and taking responsibility for himself. Brilliant piece of defending right at the end. And, yeah, the bat line, brilliant. Schmeichel, obviously, um, did himself a bit of a mischief, didn't he? Yeah, but it looks like he's going to be all right. He posted on Instagram that he's hoping to be ready for Denmark's game against Armenia on Sunday. The the recovery time for that kind of procedure is about five days. I think we for all a professional footballer. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It is. I mean, we all thought that. Oh my god, here we go. You know, what's he done here? Is he, you know, ripped his groin or his hamstring or whatever? Whatever. Ranieri but, um, was quick to come out and say, look, yeah. he was he was 
pending a, a, a hernia operation anyway. He used to work at a private hospital, actually. Here's a bit of insight for you. He will have had the Lloyd release procedure, which is a special one uh, developed by a surgeon here in Leicester that minimises recovery time to five days. There you go. What was the name of the... Uh, the, the Lloyd release procedure. Who Who was the doctor? What was his name? Professor David Lloyd. Oh, right. Oh. There you go. Um, Just name drop that one in there. Sorry, I nodded off then for a minute. Um, I'm I'm just giving you the medical details that right. many people won't know. Okay. Um, I can't confirm that because I haven't seen the notes, so it's not like I've been sneaking in and looking at his notes. But that's a I'm ninety odd percent certain that, that he will have had that procedure. There, there was a chance that you're wrong. We'll hold on to that chance out there. Hold on to the chance that you're wrong. Why would you hold on to that? That means that recovery time is going to be longer than five days. No, no, no. I'll just, just hold on to a chance that you're wrong. And it's called the David Lloyd Lloyd release procedure. Look it up. Right. Anyway, back to Schmeichel. Um, mm. The one thing that he did, though, is he chased... Obviously, it happened when he took a goal kick. And then he chased down the ball, even though he's obviously in pain because, you know, half of his innards is outwards. And um, <laughs> that's, that's slightly more technical than the, I just uh, said, isn't it? That's the professional medical term. The innards are outwards. And um, so, basically, he charged it down and stopped Lorente from scoring and then headed it out and volleyed it clear. The ball went up the field, and that's how we got the penalty. So as soon as we got the penalty, the defence just turned around and ran back to Schmeichel to congratulate him and say, look, you know, brilliant. You've injured yourself taking a goal kick, but you've hurt yourself by coming to get the ball and clear it, and then you end up setting up a penalty. So uh, great play by Schmeichel. Uh, just shows, you know, what kind of a... a not, not not what a goalkeeper he is, but like the, the player, the man. Yeah. That he, um, he went through the pain to just clear that ball, to atone for his... I mean, it's not an error because obviously something went wrong with his body when he took a goal kick. Um, but he tried to atone for whatever error it was. And um, yeah, so so fantastic. Fantastic news that he's not going to be uh, out for ages, even though I'm pretty sure Ron Robert Ziegler would be an able replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, overall, a very, very eventful game. Hugely eventful. But there's one person we've not mentioned really, or well, occasionally we have. Amarty? Daniel Armarty. Yeah. From most sections of Leicester supporters that I've spoken to or read online or whatever, he was him and Drinkwater were combined sort of man of the match. Drinkwater's been up there for man of the match for all three games so far this season. And this was his third central midfield partner in three games. Uh which is which kind of shows uh, and we all knew it that we'd be missing Ungolo Kante at least to start with, because he was such a stalwart regular figure in central midfield him and drink water that partnership but for me uh, all right mendy didn't get as much of an opportunity as he'd have liked but amarty and drink water looked like the best of the three pairings we've had so far by a long way they did the one thing that i liked about his play was every time he passed the ball away or, or someone else had the ball he was looking around and he was really aware of his position which obviously Ranieri's been working on with him. He must have done, lot. because Amasi doesn't really have a position, does he? he no. Came and he was like, is he a right-back? Is he a centre-back? Oh, he can play centre-mid. He's uh, he, he was really working on filling in that role in front of the back two. Um, and a lot of people out there thought the same. Uh, Rob Jones on Twitter loved Armati filling in for Mendy. Had a fantastic match. Um, Foyster Tron, Fozzy Oyster, it says here. Uh, I reckon Armati is the way forward. Famous last words, but you never know. Uh, lots of people out there also saying uh, that Mares has got to be taken off the penalties and Armati's got to be the first choice now. He's settled at the club and time to make an impact. So plenty of uh, people getting in contact via Twitter at FFSPod. I thought he had a great game, really, really good game. And also, he was given a yellow card early doors, I 
think. Um, and you worry about that. And you worry you about that. But it didn't, it didn't affect his game. And he, he was brilliant. And the fact that he, that's, like I said, he was looking around the whole time to see, am I in the right place? Yes, I am. Here I am. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you okay? Are you okay? Making sure everyone's fine. Um, obviously, it's his first game really in that position in the Premier League. So he's going to be wanting to really, really impress and make sure he's in the right place. But just, you can't be, you can't fail to be impressed. 21 years old, Physical attributes, obviously, he's got them all. I won't say he's the most, um, you know, flamboyant passer in the world, but it doesn't need to be. The way he lent on, I think it was Routledge. I mean, anyone could lean on Routledge and knock him over, but he lent on him, got the ball back, quick one-two with drink water, gave it back, drink water over the top, goal. And um, highly impressive, basically. Highly impressive. He's a different player to Mendy. He's a different player to uh, a few midfielders we might end up with, but we'll talk about that later. So... Armati for me, man of the match. For a lot of people, man of the match. Uh, a great performance. Good win by the by the boys. And also, not just to get us running, but uh, that could have, with them conditions and the way that Swansea played, uh, we could have really, we could have failed at the end. We could have conceded. It could have been a two-two draw. And what that would have done for Maris's confidence, God knows. But we didn't. We won it, and we're in to the top half. The only way is up. So there was an event this uh, past week, which was, uh, well, I watched it, and I think um, pretty much the whole of Leicestershire did. Did you watch, Rob Hayes, the Champions League draw? I didn't watch it. How I, dare you? I listened to it. Oh, you listened to I it? I was in the car. Oh, okay. So I couldn't watch, well, legally I couldn't watch it. But they had it on, uh, they had a Radio Leicester special with whoever does their afternoon programme, and Matt Elliott and Ian Stringer were in the studio, and whenever a potential opponent for Leicester came out of the pot, they threw live over to Monaco. So I listened to it live, essentially. Yeah. Um, I watched it and basically laughed the whole way through. The whole way through. Not because the um, the presenter was terrible and the female presenter was awful. Some of the jokes they were dropping in were outrageous. She, she was she was not only... I mean, at the end of the day, you could tell why she was there. Um, but um, but she was dr- like really, really poor. And it was a proper, proper train wreck. It really was. Um, but they got the names out of the hats. Oh, and yeah. Put them in he, the right place eventually. Well, eventually they got them out of the hat because Ian Rush, <laughs> he obviously didn't go to the uh, the warm up because he couldn't uh, unscrew the balls to uh, get the teams out. It was Come on, a real Ian. one job. A real got. mess. And you could see he was really nervous and kind of like shaking a bit. And uh, um, I didn't feel sorry for him at all. But uh, yeah. Clarence Seedorf had the honour of picking Leicester out of uh, pot one. and So picking the eventual Champions League winners exactly. straight out of pot one. And uh, we're in Group G. Fantastic. Doesn't mean anything. And then the first, uh, when Porto was, you know, pulled out of the hat. And I was like, right, it's going to be one of, you know, obviously the possible groups. And uh, yes, Porto. First one out of the hat. They're, they're not the worst team we could have pulled out of pot two by a long shot. No. There are some good teams in pot two. So we go on to pot three, and uh, again, Bruges comes out, and he's like, oh, that'll be good, that'll be good. Group G, and here we go, Porto and Bruges. And then the final group, the group really which, uh, the pot four, where you've got teams from all over the place. Pot, pot four, I think it doesn't matter what team it is, it matters more what country they're from, doesn't exactly. it? In terms of the distance that you might have to travel, you want somebody relatively close, you, don't you? You do. You've got places all over Russia, and we know for many, many reasons why we don't really want to go there. Uh, Ukraine and all sorts of places. But then you do have Celtic, who obviously we know all about them, uh, Copenhagen and uh, Monaco. And, of course, Copenhagen comes out, 
And it's, come on, we'll have, we'll have that. Bang. Group G. Copenhagen, Bruges, Porto. It's more like a stag do list than a, than a <laughs> Champions League group. It's ridiculous. A, first of all, it's fantastic. There's three cities there which are basic, normal cities that are great to go to. Do you know what I mean? There's no real issues or problems there. Yep. Simple to get to as well. Um, absolutely fantastic draw. Could have we got? Uh, could we have got um, bigger teams? You know, like there was Dortmunds in there, and there were some other like bigger, Euro- more well-known European teams. Of course, we could. But a, you've got no choice about it. And but I'd rather have this. This is a not. It's a lovely little group. It's a lovely group. Will we get out of the group? We've got every chance. Uh, we've got every chance of beating Bruges. We've got every chance I, of beating Copenhagen. We're I think Porto definitely better than Bruges and Copenhagen. Yeah, and Porto might be. Uh, you know, you, you, we don't. We we just don't know, which is which is fantastic, and it's it's a really open group. I think the other teams will be looking forward to it, and um, I know instantly that people are, are booking trips to go and people such as Pete Selby. Oh, I'm, I'm who's, there. Who's already laid down his marker on Copenhagen? Copenhagen. I can't go to Bruges. Um, because I'll be away and uh, in Rio, I'll be in Rio. Uh, so uh, I can't go there. I'm going Copenhagen, and then I've not booked anything yet for Porto because it's on like the second of December. So. I read that somewhere that there's not many flights going down to Porto from England this time of year, that time of year as well. No, I'm going to play it by ear. And if there are like if there's ways of going somewhere and then there get there eventually, I don't know. We'll play it by ear. But Copenhagen's booked. There's a big group of friends and 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 this that, and the other who are going. Um. But on top of that, there's so many other people who are going as well. It's going to be yeah. half half of Leicester's going to be there. Leicestershire. Most of them won't have tickets. True. I mean, I mean, Bruges. How easy is Bruges? You get on a train, and then you get down to London, and you walk fifty yards onto a different train, and then you're and then there. You're there. Yeah. It's 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 a fantastic way. I mean, Bruges, Bruges games only in a few weeks. Um. So I mean, we can't really preview it in a way because we're we're in you know. Cloud, on, we're on, on cloud nine. We're, aren't we? Yeah, we're on cloud nine. Everyone else, what a brilliant thing to be in the Champions League. We don't know what they're about. I mean, we know Bruges are a, a decent outfit compared to you know the rest. I think Copenhagen will not be the whipping boys because I think it'd be difficult to get put you know a, a, a result there because apparently they're really good at home. But um, I think we just got to just say just enjoy it, and everyone will, and uh, and we'll just see what happens. But also enjoy the away days. Um, you don't know when the next going to come around. I don't want to be a pessimist or anything, but this is our first ever time in the Champions League in our illustrious history. Well, not really illustrious, but our history. Who's to, who's to say it won't be another 120-odd years, 130 yeah. years till the next time? I, I said to a few family and friends, you know, are we going to go or do you want to go? And if there was even any kind of... Oh, no, I was like, it's got to be a yes. There's no reason to, you know even if you can't get tickets out there. I mean, this is the thing. Everyone's like, how are you going to get tickets? Well, we'll cross that hurdle when we get there because I've got no links with the club getting it through what we do at the ground. Commentate, there's, there's no way we can get it that way. But you just got to be out there and enjoy it. You know, you're in a nice city for two days, a um, few beers, just and then see what happens. You know, see if you can get a ticket. But we, we, we'll we we'll see. But a, a lovely group. There's some. I mean, there's some shocking teams out there that we didn't want and. And we avoided them, so really good. I, I'm thoroughly happy and delighted, and I just can't wait for the Porto game at home to hear that Champions League, the the, the song with the when they wave the uh, football in the middle of the field. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the that's when that's you know you that is when you know you've made it. So there were a couple more draws that happened 
in the same week as the Champions League draw. Not quite so exciting for, for the most part, but we drew in the EFL Cup, which is the League Cup slash Worthington Cup slash Coca-Cola Cup slash... Rumbelows. Um, Littlewoods. Was Milk Cup one? Milk Cup, Littlewoods, Rumbelows, Coca-Cola, uh, Worthington, Carlin, Carlin, Capital One. Yeah. Um, now it's the EFL Cup. Now it's the EFL Cup. And we've got Chelsea at home. Chelsea at home, which I didn't watch the draw, actually. I found out the next day. Uh, to be honest, it doesn't really matter because we know we're going to play a completely different eleven, And why not play a decent team? Yeah, it's a good, it's, good little test for it's them. It's on TV. Um, and, yeah, why not play a, a decent team? Because it just means that that game will be more of an event. Funny enough... Um, a friend of mine who we were talking about uh, Man City were playing against West Ham, um, and we were watching the crowd and and just observing the game really and saying they've they're, they're a bit they've got great players and they've had great success and they've got a lovely stadium, but they do kind of sit there and just wait for things to happen and it's it's almost like it's not a bit of a chore, but oh yes, next home game, oh yes, let's leave early, let's you know miss the first five minutes or whatever when. At Leicester, it's so much. It's so different because every home game is an event. Hmm. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Playing Swansea, one of the uh, less glamorous teams, and it's still a huge event. Granted, we are, you know, it's the we're the champions and all what's happened with the club. But even at the start of the game, it's just you could tell everyone's yes, we, we get to see Leicester. We get to see them at home. It's it's a real big event. Come on, let's go. When you look at Man City and it's just oh yeah we've just we're tuning it up against West Ham same old you know the, the the difference between not just the atmosphere is in loudness but the the attitude of the fans it's just so different it's so different. Where are you going with that? How did you get from that? I Chelsea don't know. To that? I, I, it just reminded. I know because that was like Ch- a Pete-esque rant, but it was, a positive it, one. It for was a, a positive rant. No, it was an observation. But the thing is, because Chelsea that could be uh, Brentford at home. It could be, you know, Cambridge at home, whoever. And it would be like, okay, what we're going to get out of it, we're going to play the same team. We're going to play that reserve, in theory, reserve 11. Yeah. But they're going to be playing Cambridge. Well, why not play Chelsea? Yeah, they're better off playing Chelsea, aren't they? Yeah, and it makes it more of an event. But that's how I got onto what I was going on about, because it doesn't have to be Chelsea to be an event, because it can be any team, and it's still a big event. As long as it's not Brentford or Cambridge. Well, no, but I still think the crowd will be up for it. It's it's just the the atmosphere at the club the uh, the positive attitude and atmosphere. Yeah. Um, what about the? It's it's different for me to go on about something that's positive rather than negative. I'm feeling I'm feeling the warmth in the room. Right. It's 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 it it was great. It's great. But compare it to other clubs, you know that's that's the difference. So basically, you're having a rant at other clubs, whilst well, highlighting the positivity around Leicester. Well, yeah, I'd say. I mean, it's not a negative thing. It's just you you look at Man City and you think, great, they've got all these great players. But the crowd, 2-0 up after half an hour and they're all like going to get their pie now at half time. Oh, by the way. Oh, I've seen the, your picture. The pie. I've seen it. They've uh, they've got these new... The, I don't think they're pocket pies anymore. They're not pocket, no. no the first game of the pie. season when, when we were there, first home game of the season, we had that steak pie, didn't we? And it was definitely it wasn't pocket. It was bigger. It was, it was weird. It had a Leicester badge on it. But they've got this new chicken bolty. It's not called a chicken bolty, actually. It's um, they, he said it's like a chicken singer beer. So I was like, he's got sing, he's got beer in there. I don't know. It's an absolute revelation. Just to clear up, we get uh, pies delivered to our commentary position at half time at the King Power in a lovely picnic hamper, don't we? 
it's um, and yes it is as glamorous and brilliant as it sounds it really is and we're obviously very very lucky and uh, we're not kind of rubbing it in at all but like they well they do bring it round we mm. don't ask for it they bring it well, um, well we do you, you make friends <laughs> I mean, with whoever yeah. you know is going to be the pie deliverer and make sure that they come to our bit first because a couple of games last season they didn't come to our bit of the commentary box first and they gave them all away and they had an empty picnic camper by the time they got to us so you clock them don't you at the start and you go hey Come on over here. You got any chicken balty? I don't say it like that. He says it exactly like I, that. I, it's more of a, oi, you, got any chicken balty? <laughs> Grab a fork, please. Yeah. <laughs> Bring a bottle of Diet Coke next time and all, please. Um, <laughs> Not that you take advantage of the hospitality <laughs> by any stretch. But, but just to say, because obviously everyone's sitting out there, well, listening to this going, what the hell are they on about? And also, what what... What's this got to do with me? Um, if they do sell them around the ground, which I'm not entirely sure, but if they do sell these new pies at Aunt Booker or whatever, and it's got chicken, balty, singer or whatever, have one. Honestly, they are unreal. They're I can't, brilliant. I can't wait. They are really, really good. Shall we talk about football? Uh, yeah, so, so Chelsea, we've done that. We'll beat them. Yeah, what um, about the EFL trophy? So it's the formerly the Johnston's Paint Trophy. It's the competition for League One and League Two, basically. Uh to stop them getting beaten by the Championship and Premier League teams. Uh, and they've changed the format to have a group format and they've also allowed in the development squads of Premier League and Championship clubs. So our development squad, our under-23s, will be playing against professional teams from League 1 and League 2 in the EFL Trophy, starting against Sheffield United this week. I mean, end of the day, if they want to change the, the format, that's that's fine. I don't really care about it but it's good for their development surely oh, it's good because, for, yeah, it because they've rebranded the uh, the um the youth league if you like it was under 21s last season and now they've called it premier league 2 so it's essentially premier league mark 2 it's for under 23s but you can still have three over 23s in it i know that because i read the rules before i went and announced at derby versus man city the other week derby got beat by the way uh, but i think it'll be brilliant uh, it's a good way to get um injured players or players that are on the fringe of the first team through 90 minutes against a team like Sheffield United, who are a good competitive outfit. But it also gives a chance for the 18, 19-year-olds coming through the academy to take that next step and not play against 18, 19-year-olds. All right, Sheffield United probably won't put out their first team, but it's still a team of professionals that they've got to go and beat. Do you care if we progress? No, I'm not really that bothered. No, but, no. But I think it. Uh, if, I, if I was a club where the Premier League and Championship teams were bringing their under-23s, I think it'd be a bit miffed. But because we're on the other side of it and we're taking our under-23s into that tournament, I'm happy with it because it's another way for them to develop and get more match exposure mm. at a higher level. Oh, I think it's a good idea. and We'll see how it goes because, <laughs> not being funny, but if we do get quite far in the tournament and end up going to Wembley in the final... I'm no, no, we there. might go down. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's on the horizon, so I'll keep an eye out for the results. I mean... Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> I don't seem the most enthusiastic person with it, but you yeah, know, uh, end yeah. of the day, when when you when you've got thirty million or fifty-five million pound possible signings on the horizon and all sorts of Champions League coming up, the under twenty-three AFL Cup trophy malarkey, you know, it does kind of pale into insignificance. Is that me being a bit snobbish? Probably. Look at you with all the success, just brushing something lesser under the carpet. And you've, you've changed, Pete Selby. Yes, and I'm not just brushing it under the carpet. I'm doing it with a smile on my face as well. 
<laughs> that's definitely not a smile. It is a good job this is not a vlog or video podcast, whatever no, they call not it. not at all. Um, but I have mentioned the £55 million and all that, and that's probably what we're going to talk about in a minute. Pete Selby, did you ever think there would be a day that Leicester City submitted a joint bid of around 50-odd million pounds for two players from the Portuguese champions, one of whom has just won the European Championships with Portugal? Yes. No, not of course. You not liar. I mean, a few years ago, was it two, only just over two years ago that our record signing was still Adiakim Bai? Um, how far we've come in exactly. such a short space of time not just in terms of monetary value but the actual player itself so uh, you know we've really gone up in the world as we all know but um, I mean we are recording this on Tuesday morning uh, the day before the transfer deadline day and we are hoping that by the end of the transfer deadline day we'll have two new yeah. international it's, quality players anything could happen um, so we'll just put that out there right now but as it stands, the rumours about... Um, Adrian Silva. Salami and Silva. Adrian Silva and Islam Slimani. So Salami and um, Silva. They, um, they, they have been growing you know, in the last 24 hours. Uh, Salami, he was basically linked with the club for about a year. And it was really strong rumours, maybe uh, in the, uh, Christmas. but And all throughout the summer, it's just kind of been bubbling... Under and I didn't really mention anything on the um, on Twitter until the other day on the Facebook on the um, for Fox Eight Twitter handle um, because I said already I'm not just going to link every single thing that Leicester are linked with on like like some sites and uh, and podcasts and that do um, I'll do it when it's a, a, a reputable source you know someone from um, not just someone from Sky Sports but you know a, a local journalist maybe with a Mercury who's got some hard evidence but it was too much so I had to. You know, tweet out that Salami has been, you know, Slimani. really, really Salami. Slimani. Slimani. He's been linked very, very heavily. And when do you, he. Do you think the links have got stronger because Maros is staying? Because they're both Algerian teammates, they're known to be pretty good friends. Yeah, and also the fact that he was crying when he left the field of play when he in the last game, and he yeah. waved to the crowd. It was basically it was a swan song. It was that was his last game for the club. It was it was Joe Hart esque, wasn't yeah. it? Heavy rumours. Um, the problem apparently is about the fee. They want about thirty million quid, and we're on about paying maybe twenty to twenty five. Uh, and then all of a sudden, this silver came from nowhere, not as a player, but. Um, as part of the deal where maybe it was going to be, we're going to sign for 21 million, um, a, a good passer, dribbler in the midfield. Technically, he's very, yeah. very good, yeah. Um, like, like you said, a, a winner of the uh, European Cup with Portugal in the summer. And all of a sudden it was like, we're going to get him as well for 21 million. So the combined fee could be anything up to, say, 50 to 55 million for the two. Um, Rumours then about the owners going over to... Portugal to have a word with their owner because apparently their owner he, he drives a hard bargain. Do you know what I mean? He uh, likes to get top value for his players as, as well. He's, they're Portuguese champions yeah, as they he should do. Him. But um, I think he went. Well, rumours were that our owners went over there to say, look, you know, how can we do this? So at the time of recording, we we don't know anything more than than what you probably do listening to this now because, like I said, Wednesday night is the deadline. So let's just hope that the deals get done. I mean, if they do get done though, Slimani, he's uh, uh, six foot two, he looks absolutely amazing in the air, um, and obviously got something about him with the ball at his feet. That will probably sp- spell the end for a Joa. Yeah, I think he'd, he'd 
that deal with West Brom would probably be reignited, something like that, and Ajoa would be out the door, even if it's just a loan, because Slimani comes in, you've got then Vardy, Musa, Okazaki, Slimani, and Ajoa, yeah. which you don't really need. Ajoa would have to go because he's the target man then. He's the he's the yeah. uh, the big guy up front. And um and if Ajoa does go, obviously by the time of the next recording he might have gone. And we'll then reflect on it then because what what a what a great player and a, a career he's had at Leicester in just sort of short space of time. Um if he does go as well, he might go for a few quid, you know, you might be getting the eight million back that we roughly paid for him. Um and what a signing he's been. So if he does go, you know, fantastic for him. He gets to play maybe Swansea or Sunderland or, um, like you said, West Brom. Maybe Matty James goes on loan as well because, obviously, if Silver comes in, then in the midfield you've got Armati, Mendy, Drinkwater, King and James. And, obviously, Silver. So James would then probably go out on loan. So all sorts could happen. I think there's going to be an awful lot of business done by Leicester in these next couple of days. And they might even bring in a centre half. I know I noticed that um obviously Keen that we're interested in at um at Burnley. There's been a couple of other names linked as well, hasn't there? There's been a few, but he was linked with the England squad. He wasn't in it, but uh, he was linked with it because he started so well for Burnley. Do you think it's right to do business this late? When they've had the entire summer I know deals don't get done for whatever reasons, politics, fees, all that kind of stuff. But surely it's in everybody's best interest to have the squad set to play your pre-season friendlies and to start the season with the team that you want to start with. Do you, do you think it's do you think it's wise three yeah. games in to be all of a sudden rushing around with a day or two to go? It happens every single window without fail. I- but why can't they just do it sooner? Yeah, ideally you want all the business done early. And I think we've mentioned before that Leicester are quite good at doing all the business early and then we for the were. last few windows. But We were, but not I think this so much with John Rudkin as the director of football. No, I think this deal, if it, if it does come off for Slomani and uh, Silva, I think it's more to do with the, uh, the club we're buying them from. I think they obviously just held on. Yeah, I don't think it's anything to do with Leicester dragging their heels or all of a sudden saying, "Oh, we need this or we want that." Um, I think it's uh, it's more to do with them. Leicester in the last few years, a well, the signing record in the last five years has been amazing. The transfer policy has been unbelievable, but the way that they've signed players, they've bought early, so they've been ready for a pre-season. Um, and also, it's interesting because our transfer policy recently has been buying young players, so Gray. Um, the young teenage Polish winger. Um, we've got um, <laughs> the fact Daniel Armati. Kapushka, uh, just to clear that up. Daniel Armati um, <laughs> signing on Chilwell again. But like we've been buying a lot of youngsters mm. or younger players. Moose is quite young still. But these two are about 27 years old, 27, 28. They are the prime and the peak of their career. So we're buying them for a lot of money. And I think this is, look, we, it, they might have even reacted to the group, the Champions League group, and gone, hang on, let's spend a few quid. Because if we get to the knockout stages, that's instantly a few more, you know. Yeah. Y- you never know. These, these these are the quality of players that you need in the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, and they're going to be, they're going to hit the ground running, hopefully, if they adapt to the football and they adapt to the country and all that. In their stage of their career, they're not going to be progressive like an Armati and a Grey. They are a young teenage Polish winger. They're going to be at the peak of their career. So we're buying people in their pomp, you know, and that's something that Leicester have not done for quite a while. In their what? Pomp. I've never heard that word before. Yeah, have you? In their pomp? Yeah, so... Is that, these... a, is that a ship shed thing? No, no, it's, it's a proper... 
if you buy a player who is right now playing the best football of their career at the peak of their career, they're in their pomp. That's a word. Are you sure? I am. <laughs> and I'm not even going to waver. I'm not going from 100 to 99%. That's, that's proper. That's a All word. Right. I'm, I'm going to take that one from you. I'm going to use that. Pomp. I like that. Yeah. Have you never... I've never, never in all my years. Well, I don't know. Considerably uh, less years than you, but I've still never heard it. Well, anyway, um, international so, break now. International. Well, I'm going to go to the correspondence oh, because because yeah. some correspondents out there they'll agree with me that pomp is a word, and uh, and I used it correctly. Uh, Packer Ken, hello Packer Ken, you agree with me, don't you? Uh, great pod as always. Can't think of anything I disagree with. This is what we asked last time. Do you disagree with anything we say? Now, if we ask that question this week, there might be an awful lot. So if you yeah, if you do disagree with anything we've said which is probably everyone out there, then uh, do get in contact at FFSPod. Uh, great pod as always. Can't think of anything I disagree with, so I just can't wait for uh, the Cups. Uh, chance to see the new players, which we mentioned, obviously, the uh, Chelsea game, etc., etc. Um, we've got uh, Josh Goodnew, who said, uh, Cockland not getting sent off last game is in contrast with Simpson sent off for a soft yellow in a prior meeting. So that's re- reaction to the Arsenal game, uh, which I think I lost the plot with when Simpson got sent off. And a little bit. He Just is right though. He, he's exactly right because he, um, he, yeah, he's exactly right. Cockland should have been sent off, and Simpson. It, I mean, we all know what I think about that sending off. Move on, Pete. Move uh, on. Lester Fox's blog on uh, Twitter. Pod forty five. That was the last one. Great piece of punditry. Keep up the great work, gents. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go further down. You mentioned something about the Champions League draw. Uh, Gents, good show. This is from Ian Smith. Personally, I think it's going to be difficult for Vardy and Musa to start together. Too similar and need provider. Uh, That was in reaction to, I think, me saying, would it be Musa up front against uh, Swansea? Obviously, he didn't play up front uh, from the start, but obviously he then came on and didn't really have um, that one opportunity. But like I said, the fact that... I mean, he was up to his waist in water. <laughs> he really is. I mean, it's a good, it's a good job we didn't have uh, Julian Jochin playing or or Levi Porter. We'd have lost them. What about Andy Impey? Andy Impey, yeah. Well, he was a bit. He was well, slightly yeah, taller. Yeah, but he had no neck. If he was up to his waist, well, Frank Sinclair had no neck. But well, yeah. If Andy Impey was up to his chest or something, he wouldn't be able to crane his neck out the water. Le- Levi Porter would need armbands. He was small, wasn't he? Right, last thing to talk about then before we round off this episode is internationals, Pete. Danny Drinkwater in Sam Allardyce's first England squad, so is Jamie Vardy. A bit of, bit of, bit of compensation for him missing the Euros in the summer that he's straight back in the squad because he started the season so well. Exactly, and of course Craig Shakespeare being the England deputy manager or head coach or one of them. or Well, he's helping coach. out, isn't he? Yeah, Um it's good to see, and to be honest, it should have happened in the Euros. We all know that. It not only should have been in the squad, he should have played. He's the best English midfielder currently in the country um, by a distance. And it isn't the stupid thing that Arsenal are now willing to let Jack Wilshere go out on loan? It's amazing. When he was chosen ahead of Drinkwater for the Euros. It just shows what a job Roy Hodgson did. End of the day, he got us into the Euros, fine, qualified for an easy group. Very easy group, fine. And then just lost the absolute plot. What was he doing in the Euros? The whole thing was an absolute mess. Um, and hopefully Allardyce will not only pick Drinkwater, but he will pick him and play him in the right place. I was going on and on all summer, on and on. Why are they playing in this formation which suits no one? Out of the forward six players, three in midfield, three up front, 
Two of them were in the right places. Four of them were not playing in the position that they play for their clubs. Why are, why are players shoehorned into a formation which doesn't suit the players that were picked? I don't understand that principle at all. Um, hopefully, Allardyce just throws that out the window. Um, I'd like him to play Vardy and um, obviously drink water, but we'll see what happens. Um, but it's nice to see that he's back in the fold. Last thing on internationals then. You're off on international duty soon as well. You have commentated in the Czech Republic and now you're off to Rio. Yes, off to Rio. So I will not be here for the next... Oh, I might be. You we'll... won't be in FFS... HQ. I won't be at FFS HQ, but I might be. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of roughly work out how we can do it using like technology and all that sort of gizmo. Um, but uh, we'll just have to see, see how it goes. And but obviously, we're I'll, hoping to hear from you at some point. Yeah, yeah. I'll be reporting back on what's going on over there as well. But uh, also, uh, obviously, the games I will be missing, I'll be missing the Bruges game away. Uh, there will be the home game against Burnley. Burnley, correct. Burnley. Good knowledge. Um, so there are these games coming up. So, you know, we'll just quickly mention them. Obviously, Bruges, I think we've covered already. Um, we'll just have to see. Um, there's obviously the Chelsea League Cup third round tie, which of course we've mentioned already. Got Liverpool as well to come. We've got Liverpool and we've got Burnley. So Burnley at home. Again, well, remember last year when it was 2-2, when the, the late free kick went in. Um, again, we should be just looking to beat them. Beat them at home and we'll see what happens. Uh, Liverpool away is going to be very interesting because Liverpool are almost taking a leaf out of our books and playing in a very counter-attacking way away from home. And whether that suits them at home, we'll just have to see. That's got a great game written all over it. Um, a big fan of you know Klopp and, and what he's doing at Liverpool and some of the players they bought. I thought Mane would be great at Leicester, but um, we'll see. Uh, so yeah, it's just let's just see what happens again. And it's all about, like I said at the beginning of the season, it's just about enjoying it. And I think we are. We are. I am. I'm definitely enjoying <laughs> it's, it. It's brilliant, I, I'm having it? a great time. And we're only three games in. It's brilliant. It's 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 so good. And also, it's obviously. It's all about Leicester, and I don't care about anyone else, but, you know, Forrester an absolute shambles. Derby <laughs> were awful against Burton. Yeah, but they got big Nigel. They'll be all right. Yeah, they'll exactly be fine. But, I saw um, him in Meadow Hall recently. Did you? Yeah. Did you shout? Doing a bit of shopping. Did you, did you shout anything at him? No. No, I mean, obviously, big fan of Pearson. What he did for the club, amazing. But Derby were awful. Forrest, I mean... Selling that player for, you know, he's a good few quid, don't get me wrong, for a player who's played half a season. Apparently that might now jeopardise their ownership deal. Apparently the new potential owner has gone, what are you, what are you selling him for? I'm not happy. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if he if he's trying to buy a club from Dev from Coronation Street and it doesn't quite... Well, I mean, end of the day, you've sold our best best player in theory. This is what like Forrest was saying. You've sold our best player for quite a few quid. The problem is, you've sold him with a day and a half before the transfer window closes. So, are we going to see any of that money for players? I mean, I know I'm talking about Forest there. I don't know why I'm did, talking about Forest. Did we just okay. gloss over the fact that you've just said you're buying a club from Dev from Coronation Street? Have you seen, uh, <laughs> what's his name, Fawaz and Dev from Coronation Street in the same room together? <laughs> no one has. They are an absolute spitting image of each other. So, Fawaz hasn't made his money selling washing machines. He's made his money playing Dev on Coronation Street. They are the spitting image. Anyway, so what a mess they're in. Derby are a mess. Uh, it's, that's great. So, And look what we're doing. Champions League. What, what, what do you want here? It's the Champions League, man. Hmm. Dilly ding, dilly dong, man. Was, uh, brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. So, uh, 
enjoy the games, everyone. You know, enjoy the pod. Let us know what you think. Get in contact with the pod at FFS Pod when it comes to Twitter. There's a Facebook group, so go on Facebook. Just type in for Fox 8 Podcast. It will come up. Click like and follow and all that sort of thing. And you can actually email us for Fox 8 Podcast at gmail.com. Email us any thoughts over the next few games and email us whether you're going out to Copenhagen or not. That'd be great because I can see you all out there. Um, or any trips. If you do go to Brussels, send us your photos. Uh, keep everyone involved and re- we'll retweet them and all that sort of thing. Um, enjoy Rio, Pete. I will. I will we'll speak to you via satellite of some description uh, in a couple of weeks' time after the international break, probably. Uh, and that's the same time that we'll speak to everybody else at home in your cars, wherever you listen to us, to put you to bed at night, wherever. That's a, that's a thought, isn't it? Them taking us to bed. Anyway, enjoy and uh, we will see you later. Brazil! Goal!